Hello, this is Danielle Savory, and you are listening to It's My Pleasure, episode number 175. In order for a woman to fully step into her power, it is essential to incorporate her pleasure, sexual, and beyond. In this podcast, I will teach you how to use your mind, tap into your body, and take action to creating the most orgasmic life. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing? I've heard from a number of you about how much you enjoyed the interview with Jenna and how you could just relate to so much of what she was expressing about sex sometimes feeling just like, you know, it's one more thing to do and how easy it is for us to fall into the pattern of friendship. And today I have another one of my clients coming on and sharing with her her experience of going through the program Tangled. And the beautiful thing about this interview and where it really started and the motivation, I think is something so many of us can relate to. So Katie comes on and we talk about how, you know, she never looked at her sex life as problematic. Like it was good. She was feeling good, having pleasure. They were having this connection. So in her mind, there was never a problem. And so there never really felt like there was this motivation to work on something that didn't feel like a problem. And I think that this is one of the places so many of us women land in, especially when it comes to pleasure in general and sexual pleasure specifically. And the reason is, is because we do have a lot on our plates and our brain is constantly going to this place of what's important, what do I need to fix, what's urgent, and we're being pulled in all these different directions. And so when we choose to invest our time or when we choose to invest our money or when we're choosing to invest our attention, Usually, we're going to choose the things that feel like they're really problematic or they feel like, you know, it's such like what they say in the copywriting world, right? It's like such this big pain point that you just need to get it fixed right away. And the interesting thing when I see when it comes to women and their relationship with sexuality is the reason that we don't see that our relationship with our sexual pleasure and pleasure in general is problematic is because we are not being socialized in such a way that this level of pleasure and feeling good and satisfaction is available to us. We think our bodies are the problem because the beauty industry is shoving down this idea of what beauty looks like. We think our wrinkles are a problem because heaven forbid that we age as human beings. We think what we're eating is a problem. We think there's so many things that are a problem. Why? Because that's what we've been told we should be focusing on. That's what we've been told we should be paying attention to. And in Katie's experience, what finally like catapulted her coming to the program was she had a baby. And when she had a baby, she realized she wasn't really as interested in her husband in that way as she had been in the past. And all of a sudden, it became a problem. All of a sudden, she noticed her husband was asking for something that she didn't really want to do anymore. 
And again, when we really dive into what is going on with our socialization and the psychology of this, it makes sense that sex doesn't actually become a problem until it feels like there's tension in our relationship. But why? This is the question I want you to ask yourself. Why is it that we do not want to do anything about something until it becomes a problem. Why are we settling for less than what our body is wired for? Why are we settling to not live a pleasured, satisfactory, joyful, delightful existence and relationship with our own body and our own intimacy and our own sexuality? That is the question that we should be asking. We do not need this to be a quote unquote problem. And maybe if society told us long enough that it was a problem, we would believe it. But I don't want you to believe that there has to be a problem for you to take action to feel really, really good. So I hope that you enjoyed this interview. And I just want to let you know that Tangled is now open for enrollment. And if you have been listening to these podcasts and you're like, that sounds really great. I don't know. I'm on the fence. Then just sign up with a call for a call with me. Let's talk it through. I am never the kind of person when we get on a call that's like, you have to do this or trying to sell you on anything. This is your chance to just unpack where you're at, to see what is holding you back from pleasure and to create a plan to move forward whether that means coaching or not, because sometimes that's not the best step for you. And we will have this very honest conversation so that you can make an informed decision. So take a look. We already have some wonderful women signing up and I would really love to have some of these listeners, some of you all on in this journey with us. It is such a powerful journey as you'll hear in Katie's interview today. So enjoy this interview and hopefully I will see some of you entangled. You can go to my website, daniellesavory.com slash tangled. There will also be a link there for you to book a call with me. Okay, Katie, welcome, welcome to It's My Pleasure. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you. Yeah, I was talking to you before the call. I have uh, some nerves, but it's just because I want to want everybody to understand how amazing this work is. So I hope <laughs> I say it in the, the way that gets across. You know what? We're all human beings here and we're all going to say something that's going to resonate with somebody, especially when we're trying not like not trying to do it perfectly. So I'm sure anything you share is going to be so helpful. So let's just start with from the beginning. Like, how did you come to like engaging with this work? Like what piqued your interest? What was going on? Like, why did you decide to join Tangled? So I started working with you in a different context at the beginning of last year. And you were actually kind of on my coaching radar for a while, like on my wish list of people to work with. It was one of those things where I wasn't really sure really what drew me to the work because I really thought my sex life was great. I had no like problems, air quotes. But after, like I can tell now what might've drawn me to the work. It's like that turned on woman persona. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to step more into her, but what got me to like, feel like it was okay kind of to take the next step in working with you was I had a baby and it was like the first time really in my marriage that this became like a topic that was like, my husband was like, Hey, what's going on? You know, like I wasn't wanting to have sex. So when I actually started the work, it was more like from this place of like, Oh my gosh, I need to fix. Like there's problems now. And, but I'm still like, so glad that 
that got me in the door. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about, you know, that pull or that thing about like this turned on woman. That's kind of like, what would that be like? What does that feel like? What does that notice? And then as we get into it, you know, I, I, I can completely relate not to hijack the interview, but I just want to say that it's like, I can completely relate to so much of what you're saying is because I don't think that at the very beginning, I would have said like, Ooh, I have a problem in my sex life, or there's something going on in my sex life. Like now reflecting back, I can see ways that I was withholding. And then once I really dove into the work, I was just like, Holy shit. Like, I like this really isn't for me and I'm not really in my body and there's this performative aspect and I don't have time and like all these other things that you just don't really know are going to come up until you start doing it because I I just don't think that unless it's very extreme like you're not having sex at all or maybe it's really painful or it's a pain point in your marriage most of us women don't look at this as like you know I really need to work on my sex life because it just doesn't feel like that big of a problem yeah what I have come to find though is that this really seems more like like before I was kind of thinking of it as extra like oh it would be fun um even like things like you know I'd like to bring intention to different areas of my life. And this wasn't something that I had explored before. So I just thought like, oh, it'd be cool. I wanted to feel like I was a more fun person. And I thought this was part of it. But like now I've come to a place where it just really feels foundational where like everything, like I think before I was like pursuing so many things from like shoulds and other people's expectations and it was like my fuel for what I was doing was off and Mm. like life, not like life was a grind or anything, but sometimes, and like, sometimes it was like, even in pursuing the things I wanted, I was coming from a place of like, like wanting my worthiness or something and doing it in ways that maybe weren't authentic to me. And so then it was exhausting. And then I would just, you know, check out with Netflix or doing other things. So now it's my launching point. Like we've talked in sessions about how like now my level of desire is kind of like a barometer of my stress mm-hmm. and like how open I am to pleasure. And it's like, even that's like when I pursue anything, I kind of want it to come from this place of at least neutral where I'm it's like, I have a great life and I just want to, it's like, I keep pursuing more, more fun and pleasure and greatness, but like not in a hedonistic kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe sometimes and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We love being like head in this, in this, uh, this realm. <laughs> so, you know, I think that you bring up such a good point though here, which is like, I don't think most of us, unless we really have dove into some sort of personal growth realm, realize like how much of our actions and our behaviors and the things that we put on our to-do list throughout the day are actually fueled by like the shoulds and the obligations or people's expectations of us. So even trying to just going like into that realm, like you said that it was a barometer, but like what allowed you to really become more aware of your motivation for action and the difference between like obligation and actual desire? Yeah. Yeah. So I went like from my kind of a before to like all the way after, but part of what brought me there was like somewhere along the way, I 
it's just like building awareness, like in our sex assessments and in calls and, and then seeing other people getting coached, just like kind of realizing that like, while I thought that there was nothing wrong with our sex life kind of before baby, it was more like, I, I came to realize that I actually had like a lot of shame for my Mm. sexual past, like as if it wasn't what it should have been. And also making myself wrong for what I wanted, for what I didn't want, for what I liked and what I didn't like, and kind of getting clear on all of that. And like in working with you, it was really like validating even too, where it's just like, I had these, I was operating from these shoulds of like, I like using kind of like another way of coaching where it's like all about mindset stuff, where it's just like, oh, this is the goal. This is what I should be thinking about this kind of thing. And trying to like use kind of coaching against myself to mm-hmm. conform into what I thought I should be like versus like now when I say it's foundational, it's more like I was able to working with you. Like, no, like the foundation is what I want, which is not what it like a should. It's what I want, like finding that really deeper desire and um, turned ons and turn offs like that you work with us. That was, that was probably the hugest thing, the turn ons and turn offs. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. Cause I think that there's so much mindset coaching that can be so helpful for us to like elevate our awareness. But then the point where so many of us find ourselves in is this land then of like using a new kind of should to like line up with where we're trying to go or what we're trying to do. And, you know, when you're talking about like this foundational belief, like I saw you using your hands towards your body. And, you know, I think that's a big part of it, right? It's like that, you know, when we talk about turn-ons and turn-offs, you might not think in your head, ooh, that's a turn-on or that is like necessarily a turn-off, but you start to realize that it is because of what you notice actually happening in your body. So could you talk a little bit about if you're like, okay, well, that was the biggest thing. Like tell, you know, the listeners, what did that experience actually look like? Because I think it's hard for us when we say, oh, it's turn-on. They're just like, oh, because you know, my husband shaved or <laughs> did something like that. And it's not really what, you know, we're, we're mentioning when we're talking about turnoffs, but what was that actually like for you and how, like, what did you do or what was that process that like helps you start to identify more of those turn-ons and turnoffs? What was more clear to me at first, not right away, but like kind of in like exploring that bodily response of like, it's like, I felt a lot of pressure. Mm. And so I would notice kind of like when that pressure was coming up, it's kind of like a caving in kind of feeling, or even like a clench in my stomach, like feeling, I would notice my turn offs. That's actually like, like, honestly, like in the very beginning of doing this work, I was started just saying like, no, or I don't like that. Or like, and not in a super tactful, loving way all the time, like with my <laughs> yeah. husband. Um, yeah. So it was a little bit like it was a little rocky at first. Yeah. It was like getting more clear on like what I don't like and saying no and those kinds of things. And then it was like kind of from there, I think what happened was it helped to build that, like build more safety mm-hmm. that you like talk about for me to even open up or be available to turn on. Then I was able to realize kind of what is it that turns me on. And it's more about like feelings that come up for me, like, like from certain feelings, like I just am more open to like desire or like physical connection or even just like outside of the bedroom, just, yeah, like emotions that make me feel kind of lit up. And 
I learned to start like asking for those things that I wanted and creating them for myself. So like an example is like one of the things that I noticed, like, like one of the biggest things that I kind of need in to like being open to physical intimacy with my husband is like, is connection. And what really helps me to feel connected is, and he's different. He actually has like, he feels connected by getting physical. So it's like, we have different ways. Like for me, it's emotional connection. So it's like when I can be really vulnerable with him or like really share like my deeper thoughts about what's going on in my internal world and stuff. And so noticing that I will do that as kind of like my bridge to the bedroom or, or just like creating that more in our relationship. So it's like, yeah, where I think maybe before sometimes it seemed like unnecessary to share certain things or whatever, just realizing that I really liked that and creating more of that. Yeah. Everybody listen to that part again. Cause I think it's so important. What you said is it's when we start to notice our turn ons, you know, I think I hear all the time and I see it on the internet, you know, women are just like, well, I just don't feel emotionally connected or I just don't feel really connected or I don't feel like they're really receptive or whatever it might be. Right. And, and kind of blaming the lack of emotional connection on their lack of desire, where what you did was it was like, I want this, this turns me on, this helps me open up to receiving more pleasure. Therefore, I am going to create space for more emotional connection. And that is what it means to be proactive in pursuing our pleasure is it's not just like sitting back and being like, oh, it'd be nice if I felt connected and just like waiting for your partner to come over and emotionally connect with you. Like, Kent, that probably doesn't happen, everybody, (laughs) especially if your partner is all about physical connection, right? And so like how we take the awareness and the knowledge and then what it looks like to actually put that in action to get the result that you want, which you did. So good. Okay. So I want to go back to just like, you know, the daily everyday stuff, because I think that listeners, this is what we, you know, we started off right away getting into the deeper, the body, the turn-ons, like the obligations, the shoulds, but like help just like paint a picture. Like you said, you know, you didn't really think about it that much before. And then you had a baby. I know that people listening also have had babies or they have young children. Like, why do you think like using your own experience, like, why is it so hard? I always kind of had, as far as, as long as I can remember, like issues with time, like where I would like some kind of like time scarcity thing come up for me. And so that was definitely amplified when I also was caring for a baby. So I stopped pursuing business when I had my son took a couple of years off and I was like the primary caregiver. I still am. Yeah. So it was a big thing with time. And then also just there were changes, I guess, like with how my body felt and even like one of the things like in the beginning of our work together, like I like I had felt like a boob, like my boobs were a part of my sexuality before. And then yeah. where like I was breastfeeding and they no longer felt like I wanted them to be involved there. And then like after I finished breastfeeding, it was a process to like reintegrate those and like have my boobs, like have this different relationship with my boobs. So it's just, it's just like a lot of different body changes. And then yeah, just life circumstances. And I think even to the um just learning so much about like stress cycles and just having like more stress, I think, you know, as like kind of maybe I was starting farther back on the pleasure scale. Yeah. So it was like harder for me to get into 
pleasure. But now like my, my son is actually now like a big reason, like a big why for me of like, I want him to have a beautiful example of a loving relationship with me and his dad. And the way I show up is more of what I want to model for him. And actually, yeah, like, and just taking care of like my stress levels and my like being there for me emotionally and my body. And so, yeah, it's just, it's so good. I cannot overstate how powerful this work is to me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so what is that? You know, I think it's easy for us to, to say, and it can feel so lofty, like this goal, like I want to model for my children or I want them to see that. But like, if somebody, like if we had like a reality camera in your house, And watching you, you know, kind of like this before or after, like, how do you think somebody like watching in would see a difference or a change in like what is actually being modeled? So like, like kind of like a painting that picture of like, you know, the reality (laughs) before, like, what are some of the things that would kind of show up? And then what do you think now would look different from that outside viewpoint? Lots of things. One is I'm not apologizing so much or like showing up in apologetic energy for what I like or what I want and what I like when I say no to things. I have a different tone, like in interacting with my husband, not all the time, but you know, like it's just overall our baseline, I think is different and recalibrated. Um, It's like more playful, Mm. more loving. Like even sometimes maybe some of the actions are very similar but mm-hmm. the tone being different. Yeah. It's just, it just feels so different. And then I say no, no. I used to, I don't think prior to working with you that I had, I don't think I'd ever said no to my husband. Like, like when he initiated. Coming on to me. Yeah, when he initiated, probably until after having a baby because it's like acceptable and normal to say no yeah. after you have a baby or something. Yeah. So I don't blame him for thinking like, whoa, what's going on here? There's a problem. Um, Yeah. So I say no more. Yeah. And yeah, I don't like make a bunch of caveats. I think when I make requests or set boundaries or it's like, I don't feel the need to have somebody have my husband completely understand everything that's going on for me so that he will accept my feelings or different things. And even like something that's interesting in the dynamic of our relationship is in doing this work, I've had a lot of conversations with my husband around this. And so I'm not, and never will be perfect in this area. And so sometimes I maybe do apologize, but I guess I apologize less. Like, But when he catches me apologizing for my feelings or things, it's like, it's become so not the normal. And so something that we've just talked about so often that he will kind of spot it and just be like, why are you apologizing? You know, you don't want this or something. And another thing that's different is it's kind of like working with you. I was putting it off. It's like something I wanted to do, but just like maybe didn't feel necessary or like I honor my wants more. So I'm, I'm doing more things. There was like a trip for that. I just took that for a mastermind that I was not going to go on because I didn't need to go but I wanted to. And so I, I realized like, oh, I actually want this. And I'm kind of feeling sad that I decided not to do it. And so then I, I went and like, I'd been wanting to do improv comedy for a while. And like only recently just was like, I want to do this. And then I just looked into it and signed up and so yeah, I'm, I'm like doing more things instead of waiting for the perfect time. Yeah. And I actually, 
I could go on and on. I'm going to say two more things. I wear the clothes that I have that I like, where before I used to kind of like save my the clothes that I like to wear for just special occasions. And that came actually from like, I remember like in a coaching call, it was like something that happened at the gym and realizing that I, when I had the thought, people will see me, I would feel panic. It's like, I would like hide in what I was wearing. And like, since I never would say no to my husband, I think it's like, I would worry about if I was wearing something that was going to send the wrong message. Like I wanted to have sex when I didn't. So since I wasn't interested in the moment, I was like really careful about how I presented myself. So yeah, now I just wear what I like. Yeah. Which is Mm -hmm. so much more fun. Yeah. Also, I love that you're doing (laughs) the improv comedy. I just think that's Mm -hmm. such a fun thing, right? And it's like, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's the difference between, you know, making decisions and choices and taking action in our life of what we deem necessary versus really realizing that just because I want to is a good enough reason where it's like, I, you know, I think so many of us, it's like, we have to come up with a whole list of like, quote unquote, good reasons or how it's helping or how we can make sense of it or why it's reasonable or not reasonable versus like, no, I feel it in my body. This is something that I want. And so therefore I am going to do it or not want for that matter. Right. And say no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would even say like, if anybody listening to this has that desire and even if they don't understand why, or maybe they don't they're not sure if it's the right time or something. I think just simply wanting it is the reason to work with you. Mm. And whatever kind of other stuff comes up in that's like holding them back from just doing the thing they want, that's all the stuff that they get to work on with you. Mm. Yeah, which is true. And I know for you too, like when you first came in, you were you know, a little nervous about like, why am I doing this? But also just the time commitment, because time was a thing, the financial commitment, what would come up, all of that stuff. So, you know, it's like, it's not that there's a huge difference between people that do this work and people that don't. We usually have the same protests. We usually have the same resistances, whether it's like, I don't have time. I don't know if this is necessary. I can't really justify it financially or time-wise. I feel too busy. And then we do it and we're like, oh, okay, that's why. (laughs) Yeah. I remember in Tangled, actually, I was making a big move in the middle of the program. And I had these kind of like ideas about how I was going to like make it work, where I was going to show up the same way to the program during my move, after my move, the same as I would like kind of prior to moving. And it did not end up working out that way. And I had like, yeah, a lot of drama about it and like kind of beating myself up or and different things. And it was like kind of the exact reason to be entangled at that time Mm -hmm. because you helped me to like have, it's like showing up in this different context and like having my relationship with myself, even when there's stuff going on. Cause it's like, I like how you say, like, instead of like, I'm busy, it's just like, I have a full life because I like to have a full life too. And so it's just, yeah, like time was a big thing for me before where it's just like, when am I going to have the time? When's this perfect time? You know, just like trying to like plan it all out perfectly when really none of the work that I've done with you has gone the way I would have expected it to. Yeah. Yeah. In the most beautiful way. 
Yeah. I remember that particular coaching session because it was such a pivotal moment for you. Like I remember just seeing it land so differently on your face and in your body because it was, there was a lot of stress. Like you came and you're like, I had this plan and I was going to do, you know, a sex assessment every week. And I was going to come to the call every week, you know, and I think so many of us get into these programs thinking that we are going to do the program perfectly. And oftentimes when we don't, when we don't do all the things, when we don't show up how we expect, when you have like, you know, when you then get coached on it, it ends up being the best part of the whole thing is like not falling through how you thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can even see, cause I'm building my business now and I could see how like that coaching with you has like helped me with like coming back to that, like, this is just so grounding for me, just like coming back to like the experience of the journey, kind of like as cliche as that sounds. It's like when you go through that and like make the shift on how you approach the stuff you're doing in your life, it just like feels like it's everything. It's Yeah. It's like, you're truly fine, like an ally and a best friend in yourself, like really having your own back. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about the juicy stuff. This is all the deep stuff. This is all the, you know, the the resistances and what life looks like and, you know, like how it's like life-changing, all of that, you know, fun fairy dust sort of thing. So now let's talk about the juicy stuff. Like Mm -hmm. what happened with your actual sex life? Like what did that look like before and after or what? Maybe it didn't look much different from the outside, but like how did that, your level of pleasure change or did it? Like I said, like, I didn't think I had any problems. Like I had no issue like with orgasm or anything like that. And kind of the reason I joined was for all of the stuff, like kind of leading up to sex and all the other stuff. But like, I've had way better orgasms than I've ever had in my life since joining the program. And like, I thought I was really good at getting into my body. And maybe I was, but I am so much more, I'm so much better at like tuning into the sensations or like getting back into my body when like maybe my mind goes elsewhere or I notice like in me, it's like I'm aware too of like an energy shift that comes on like Mm -hmm. when I'm having sex and I'm able to like, it's like I know how to work with my body and my brain to kind of like get back into pleasure, which is super huge. It feels like super empowering. There were things that I'd wanted to do like in the bedroom with my husband that I felt like I wasn't confident enough in and things like that. And there was a, like a workshop you did like pleasure planning. Mm -hmm. And I realized something that works for me a lot is like, it took me actually a little bit to like realize like, it's okay that this works for me, but I like kind of like planning out what I like, I have like goals for myself Mm -hmm. in like sexy times. Yeah, like that actually I get excited to try these new things because I think I had this idea that I was just going to it's like I had conflicting ideas. One, I don't need to work on my sex life at all. And then two, I would just naturally turn into this person that wants to do these things without any effort. So I but I like having the goals because it's like I don't just spontaneously do like a sexy dance for my husband. I have like that's something I have to like. <laughs> you know, be willing to like feel the discomfort of doing something new sometimes. And then at the same time, something that was interesting was something that changed that it's like, I didn't even realize it had changed was 
I started like not doing sex assessments for a while because I was just having such an easy time mm-hmm. with sex. Like it was fun. It was light. I was, I was initiating. And then I remember like one of the biggest things was in a sex assessment. Like I did end up doing one, one time and like where it was like an easy session. And you said something like you created this. Yeah. You, and it's like, oh yeah. I, like that is not what sex had looked like when we started working together and just like appreciating and celebrating all of the work that I had done to get to a point where it was effortless, you know, to like just have this lovely relationship with my husband and my sexuality where it wasn't even about like, I realized too, that before my sexuality, it's like, was seemed like it was more about like, it was performative or like about being the object of desire. And it switched to being about pleasure and connection. And so, yeah, just like the way it feels is different. Like I've, even if a lot of the actions maybe look the same. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's so important what you said is because I don't think that people, it's like, you listen to this podcast, you hear me talk about it, how we create this, how we, you know, this is a skill to build, but when you're in it, you really realize like, this is actually a skill, you know, that like developing the desire, like working up towards anticipation, working through discomfort, being able to be in your body more and just like this skill of like that, that mindset shift of switching from, like you said, this performative thing, because we do not realize like how deeply embedded the performative aspect is. And I still have like little moments come up where I'm like, oh shit, there it is again. (laughs) You know, and I've been doing this work forever because it's like, until you really start, you know, diving in and bringing this awareness to it, you know, us women have been socialized that this really is a performative thing or that we are the objects of desire. And when we learn how to really switch that, not just understand that on a cognitive level, but like land in our body in a completely different way. That's like you said, it's like, that's when the orgasms change. It wasn't that you're not having orgasms before, but that like richer, deeper, like full bodied experience completely changes when we develop that skill and the capability to like approach our sexuality and really own it in that way. So I love it. I love it. And it was so fun doing your sex assessments with all of these. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. That's a part of um, like, I'm part of Danielle's like the practice of pleasure for people who have worked with her in the past. And I'm so excited that that's a part of that. So huge. I got like, I got great. I don't know. I think everything was great. And I still think maybe those are the best. It's like the best kept secret. It feels like. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then we're trying to have these conversations. So it's not a secret, but you know, it is, I think it's still one of those topics. And it's like you said, it's really hard sometimes to justify this kind of um, investment of time and money when there's so many other competing things that are vying for our attention and our investments, you know, out there. And it's like remembering that it it does, you know, it, we might not understand on a logical level, 
and that's okay. And it's like, if that desire is there and we really want it, you realize how necessary it is once you're in it. Even if you can't get your brain all the way there, you start to realize like, oh, wow. Like you said at the beginning, like this really is foundational. Yeah. And like in um, like group calls and in our, yeah, like I've, I've personally worked with Danielle on time management and like people like bring stuff about their business to the calls. Like it really, like if maybe people listening are not sure which avenue they should invest in, like different coaching programs or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, like this is, it touches, you said something in a call with me one time about um, pursuing other goals through this lens of pleasure. So it really is about any area of life, just yeah, enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it like becomes this barometer because when we are putting, you know, sexuality at the focus, we realize so many other things about like how we're showing up in our career or business or with our family or with our kiddos or in our intimate relationships. Like it really does get to, to bleed out, um, into these other areas, which can be so powerful. Yeah. Okay. Any last things that you would like to share with anybody listening about your experience or just, you know, sexy pleasure in general? Yeah. I had something. Oh, I wanted to share one thing that I thought was super powerful too. Actually, as a new mom, I, even in joining, I was still kind of worried like, oh, maybe this isn't the right time because I never know when baby's going to be awake or sleeping. And I don't know if I'll make the calls and different things. And um, I did sometimes miss the calls because I was watching my son. And then I saw on a, like a recording, or maybe it was a call I was on that somebody had their baby with them, like a, just a newborn baby, I think nursing at some point. And there was, yeah, it was just not a, not a thing. And it was, that's something I want, I want people to know is possible. Like you can mm. bring your baby to the coaching sessions and like, you don't have to use that as a reason to not be able to show up. To me, that was a super powerful example. And that person, I don't even, I feel terrible. I don't remember her name. Um, <laughs> well, there's she, been a lot she of people, had so huge, no worries. She had, she had a huge impact on me. Yeah. Basically anything that Danielle offered since last January, I think I was in. Yeah. A huge impact on me. Like, and so many, yeah, so many different like, ahas and realizations and stuff from other women working with you, like in Tangled and other group containers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it's so powerful what you said, because, you know, that example or in general, like your moving example, or, you know, so, some people were building their businesses, or we have had, you know, a number of doctors and physicians who have very packed schedules. Like, we not only as like these highly ambitious human beings, but as women, it's so easy because it's so familiar to have all of the reasons to not pursue our pleasure, to not give ourselves permission for pleasure, to not take the time for ourselves. I just noticed even today before our call, like my neck was hurting and my first initial thought, because it always comes up and it's like, no, but I have a couple more emails. And I was like, absolutely not, Danielle. <laughs> like, Put it down, stand up, be in your body, do your sensual dance, like be present, you know? And it's because it's like, we're just hardwired that way. Like it really is. And so learning how to turn towards that and give ourselves permission for pleasure regardless of what we have going on in life really makes all those moments so much easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That made me think of one other thing I want to share is like, I was kind of resistant to doing some of the embodied practices that you offer. And I know they're not mandatory. And I've heard other people's interviews that they had great transformations and great results, different things, and um, never did those. However, (laughs) I like came to some of the things that you suggested, like, and doing those meditations was one of them with like, I want to change and I'm doing this to change. And like, I'm going to trust that she knows what she's talking about. And they were great. I love them. Yeah. 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 So you don't have to want to do them. (laughs) You don't even have to do all of them and you can still get amazing results. Okay. So one question that I always ask everybody at the end of any of the interviews, um, whether you're a client or in another field is what do you think the world or how would the world change if more women were pleasured? Okay. I was hoping you would ask me this because like very similar to things we've been talking about, like the world changes for you. When you are a more pleasured woman, you see the world differently Mm. and that matters. Like that is enough. Yeah. And like, of course, when you're coming from that place, it affects other people. You know, we talked about like being an, an example for your kids or whatever. But like, even any of that aside, what you want and your experience matters. And so it's just like the world changes for you when you do this work. Mm, I love that answer. I don't think anybody else has answered it like that. And I love just even following that because it's like when the world, when our view or our perspective changes on anything, like when our like personal world changes, then we show up differently. We act differently. Mm -hmm. We interact differently. So love it. Okay. Thank you again. So if anybody wants to reach out to you and ask questions about the program or maybe want to work with you in any way, how can they find you? Yeah. So I'm active on Instagram at Katie Daydoni. It's just my name. And yeah, I am a coach right now. I'm just building up my business after, like I said, taking time off with my son and I help moms of young kids eliminate overwhelm so they can take care of themselves. And I love to integrate yeah, the body piece in with the mindset stuff. Yes. I love it. Okay. So check out Katie. Thanks again for coming and I'll talk to you soon. Ah, that was just so good. I'm so glad that Katie was willing to get on here and talk about her experience. And as her and I discussed, it is really hard to translate or express the impact of what this work truly does. Because not only are we getting to, you know, rewire our brain, but we are existing in our body in a completely different way. We're showing up in a different way. Our habits change, our behavior changes, our interaction changes, the texture. That's the way that I like to think of it. The texture as you move through your day is different. So I invite you all to join us in Tangled. We start in a couple of weeks and I would absolutely love to guide you through this wonderfully impactful journey and see what is like on the other side for you. Also, for any of you coaches or healers or practitioners out there that want to do this work 
for yourself. You want to do something like me, whether or not you're a quote unquote sex coach, but you just want to help women experience more joy, more satisfaction, and more pleasure in their lives. I have now started a pleasure-centered coach training. And this training starts in November. If you have not been entangled or been one of my clients in the past, that is a prerequisite at this time. But that is why I set up Tangled to go concurrently with this training program. So if you are interested, you can reach out to me at danielle at daniellesavory.com. This is an invite-only training, and it is going to be small and intimate and a beautiful experience for you to just really help your clients lead by more pleasure. So hit me up there. We can talk it through, see if it's right for you. And otherwise, I will see you next week. As always, it's been my absolute pleasure to share this story of a real woman experiencing real intimacy and real pleasure. And I will see you next time. Take care. 